Life Audio. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? Or have you been in a season where it feels like He's completely silent? Have you been praying for a way to learn how to hear His voice more clearly? Hey friends, I'm Rachel, host of the Hearing Jesus Podcast. If you are ready to grow in your faith and to confidently step into your identity in Christ, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hi friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today we're continuing our study of Matthew and we're going to be in Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 12. If you've been following along with us, you know that we've been steadily making our way through what is known as the Sermon on the Mount, which is a scene where Jesus is sitting on a hillside outside of Galilee, discipling his disciples. And so if you've ever had that thought like, man, I wish I could just be discipled by Jesus himself, I have some good news for you because that's essentially what we've been reading as we're reading through the Sermon on the Mount. It is essentially a discipleship where Jesus is interpreting the rules of the law and helping them to understand the heart behind the law. So I'm picking up verse 7. I'm going to read verses 7 through 12. I'm reading from the New American Standard Version. It says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. Or what person is there among you when his son asks for a loaf of bread will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he will not give him a snake, will he? So if you, despite being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? In everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. For this is the law and the prophets. Now, there's two sections in this passage that are probably pretty familiar to you. But I wanted to spend some time just unpacking that a little bit. And so this idea of ask, seek, and knock, I think this is a teaching that sometimes gets twisted and manipulated. So I wanted to break it down to what those individual concepts mean. So ask, seek, and knock. What we're seeing here is Jesus encouraging a persistence in prayer. Ask means to pray and use humility in that prayer and being conscious of the need. Seek means to pray and to be active in pursuing God's will in that need. And knock points towards this persistence in prayer. In the Greek, the way that these verbs are written is it's done so to mean an action that's going to keep going on. So you're going to keep seeking. You're going to keep asking. You're going to keep knocking. You know, I remember a time in my life where I was doing a children's outreach ministry And we had been doing it for the better part of two years. We were working at two different locations in our community. And these are some of the poorest neighborhoods in our area. And we were going down and we were doing the same program I would do on a Sunday morning with the kids. I would do that. We had a truck with a stage door that folded down and all sorts of fun things. We would do meals. We would do backpacks full of school supplies. We would do shoes and and boots for the winter, all sorts of things like that. 
And after the better part of two years, we had somebody that lived in that neighborhood that was not happy about the gospel message that we were sharing. And he called and he reported us to the housing projects. Now, mind you, the housing projects knew we were there. They were happy we were there. In fact, the police had told us that they were even happy that we were there because it was two hours a week that they didn't have to patrol quite as heavily because these were some dangerous areas that that. God was changing with the hope of the gospel. We were reaching entire families, not just children, but adults as well. And so with this individual that was unhappy with the message we were sharing, he reported to the housing community. And of course, the housing community reached out to us and said, we can recognize that what you're doing is good, but this guy's a problem and we don't want to be accused of doing something we're not supposed to be doing. So you can still come, but you can't say the name of Jesus or God or the Bible or anything like that. And so we fought that because not only is that discrimination, but it's viewpoint discrimination. And freedom of religion gives us freedom to express religion. It's not freedom from religion, meaning we can't say it. And so because this was government-owned property, we fought this. And I feel like this was the, the biggest season in my life where I was doing this act of asking and seeking and knocking. And we kept at it. And of course, the entire time we're trying to surrender this program to the Lord and say, okay, Lord, if this is the time that you want the door on this to be closed, we surrender this to you. But in case it's not, we're going to keep seeking you. We're going to keep asking. We're going to keep knocking. Long story short, what ended up happening is we ended up working with Alliance Defending Freedom, which you may have heard of those guys are the ones that were working with the baker that had to do a a wedding cake for somebody that he didn't want to do. It was against his religious belief system. ADF is a legal group that helps churches and Christians fight for their rights. And so ADF worked with us with the state of Pennsylvania, and they helped us win back the right to get back in the door. And that whole process took quite a number of months. In the meantime, we still had families that were needing our help. We still had children that needed the hope of the gospel. So we continued to go and we continued to knock on that door. We continued to do things like talk about my friend Mo instead of Moses. We continued to feed them. We continued to offer them the things that we had been doing all along. And at that point, the kids did know the reasons why we were there. But I remember there was one individual on a Friday night, and this was after a lot of people told us we should shut down and not keep going. And he came up to us on a Friday night. He got a peanut butter jelly sandwich, and he said to me, you know, I've been watching you, and I've been listening, and I and I know that you're not saying everything that you want to say right now, but I want you to know that I hear you. And, and again, long story short, we ended up praying for him, and he gave his life to the Lord. And that was on a Friday night. The following Monday, he passed away. And I remember just thinking, what would have happened if we had not continued to go? What would have happened if we didn't continue to ask and seek and knock? And eventually what ended up happening is it was the classic tale of what the enemy meant for evil, God used for good, because that news clipping got picked up on Family Life Radio and people around the country started calling and asking me to help them start programs of their own. And that's actually where my first book came from. I started teaching and and training across the country and eventually across the globe, helping people start similar programs. But I think for me, that is such a clear example of asking and seeking and knocking. When we ask, we are recognizing our need. 
but yet we're trusting that God hears us. It's not like we're just saying this out loud to empty airspace. We're trusting that we serve a God that hears our heart. He hears our mind. He hears our words before we even say them. We're seeking, meaning we're making sure that the desire of our request, the heart behind our request is in line with God's character and his nature, and also that we're willing to obey God and his plan and respond when he reveals something to us. If he responds and says, no, this isn't what I have for you right now, or you're off the mark, or I need you to do this first, that heart of seeking means we're seeking the Lord in that ask, and we're going to be obedient to what he says to us. And then finally, that knocking aspect, it's we keep bringing the request to God, even when he doesn't respond quickly. Jesus uses this metaphor for knocking here, and and we see this again later in the book of Revelation. It's when the apostle John has a vision of Jesus after he's resurrected, and he sees Jesus knocking at the door of the church, and Jesus is wanting to have that church, meaning big C church, the global church, open up that door to him so that they can experience this intimacy with him. And so this idea of knocking is this beautiful picture that Jesus is showing us, this picture of prayer. And so what we have in this season of asking and seeking and knocking is what some would call active patience. And patience can be hard. Believe me, you know, I learned a long time ago, don't pray for patience because God will give you opportunities to grow in your patience. But this idea of active patience where it's not a lack of faith, but it's, it's this constant posture of the heart that admits that we need God's help. And it's a constant surrender to him in that process. So ask, it will be given to you. Seek, you will find. Knock, and the door will be answered. You know, it's not a promise to give you whatever you want. So if you are asking God to give you a new car and you're going to seek him for a new car and and you're going to think you're going to knock and oh, one day you're going to get a knock on the door and there's a new Beamer sitting there for you. I got news for you. Now, I've had that happen when I needed a bus to go get kids in our neighborhood. And actually, God gave me two buses as I'm asking and seeking and knocking because I wanted to start transporting the kids to church. I 100% have seen God give vehicles, but that was for ministry. And again, this whole process of asking and seeking and knocking was a surrendered process, asking God for what's next. But if it's a selfish desire where you just want a new car because, you know, keep it up with the Joneses, that's not what he's talking about. His assurance in here is based on a couple of things. It's based on number one, keeping our priorities focused on God and this kingdom first mentality. What is kingdom first? Well, we talked about this back in Matthew chapter six a couple of days ago when we talked about how we seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and then everything else will figure itself out. Everything else will be added to you. But first, the primary gauge that we have is seeking first the kingdom and making kingdom decisions. And then the second thing that this assurance that we have that's based on is recognizing that God is a good father. You know, sometimes as a parent, I know what's best for my kids, even if they don't. And even if I'm not willing to explain it in the moment, You know, there's been times in our lives where there's been a shady character, maybe in a store or somewhere that we're at. And I say to the kids, okay, put that down. We're going to go. And of course, from the kids, especially when they're little, but why? I want to get this toy or I'm not done yet. Sometimes as a parent, I know what they don't know. And to keep them safe, I don't explain my actions. I just act or I'll be silent about something when they have persistently asked me about something and I've already set a boundary and I won't respond to them. You know, as a parent, and you know, what this talks about is we're evil. Our hearts are evil. Without Jesus, we're evil. And yet, even as a parent, 
We want what's good for our kids, but yet God is not just a father. He's a good father. And so we have to recognize that and trust him in that process, trust his timing, even if he's taking longer than we think he should, or if he's not giving us the answer that we want, we have to trust that he's a good father and recognize that. The third thing that this assurance is based on is that when we pray, we're praying according to his will with this desire to align our hearts with his. And, you know, if you're praying for God to remove your spouse because you want to move on with a guy from work, that is not going to be an answer of prayer that he's going to give you. In fact, I would argue that if you get that answer to your prayer, it's not from God at all. Of course, it's from the enemy. But we need to pray and align our will to his will and say, okay, God, I surrender my will to yours. That's part of that assurance process. And then the last, it's it's maintaining this communication and relationship with God. So any step along the process, if God changes things, he's capable of changing your heart. You know, there's been things in my life where I've been praying for and asking and seeking and knocking. And in that process, God changes my heart and says, you know what, this isn't actually what you need. And because my heart has been in this place of seeking God's will, I'm okay with that, even if the answer is different than what I originally was seeking about. So given that insight, I'm going to go back. I'm going to reread this passage, and I pray that it's a blessing to you. It says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. What person is there among you when his son asks for a loaf of bread will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, he will not give him a snake, will he? So if you, despite being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Father God, we thank you that you are not just a father, but you are a good father, that you have your best plan in mind when it comes to us. Lord, I pray that you would help us to be actively patient, that it wouldn't just be us throwing this request before you, but that we would be seeking you as we ask and we seek and we knock, and that it wouldn't cross over that line to manipulation or fear even, but God, that we would earnestly seek above all else, this close relationship with you. God, we love you and we praise you in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, friends, we'll talk tomorrow. Hey, friends, as we lean into a new month and we continue to learn and grow together, there's a couple resources I want to make sure you know about so you can take advantage of. The first is our Patreon page, and the link for that is in the show notes. And on the Patreon page, we have a couple things. We have a dedicated space that is for discussion, for asking questions. You get easy access to me where we talk about things. We hold each other accountable. There are resources that go with the show, like a journaling prompt worksheet download for every single adult show. We also have family discussion guides. And what's really been neat about those is that on the kids show every day, I talk about the same content that's on the adult show, just taught in a way that kids can understand. Then the family discussion guides create an environment for you to process that information with your children. You can use that at the dinner table or even as part of your devotional routine. There's some suggested prayer and activities and things to help you connect that content to the appropriate age for your children. So all of that is on the Patreon. Also, there's some prophetic words, extra videos, transcripts, all those kinds of things. The second is on our website. If you go to shehears.org, there's a shop resources page that has my Bible studies that I've written, links to different journaling Bibles, note-taking Bibles, all sorts of resources to help you grow. 
And then also on our website, we have the coaching section. If you are finding that you need some spiritual direction or life coaching, that is available for you as well. And that's really good to help you process what you're learning. If you're feeling stuck, if you need to work through something, if something just isn't sitting right, or if you want to teach this content and you need to help develop a plan, I'm available to help you do that as well. Again, all of these are resources to help you grow in your spiritual life and hear God's voice more clearly. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you in your walk with God, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, bonus content, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you. Know that you are so loved. Keep going. Keep going.